What up, what up, what up? Peace. This is the Fire This Time Podcast. Episode 81. And my name is Sonny Ture. And I'm Akita G. And just like always, we have a very good show uh, planned for y'all. And uh, yeah, welcome back. We we went on a little hiatus the past few weeks because uh, of traveling and uh, work schedules. But uh, definitely happy to be back. So uh, I keep going to welcome the people righteously just like how we always do. Well, welcome back. Thank you for coming and spending your time with us and taking the time to listen to the podcast. As usual, you can always like, share, subscribe. We're on all major platforms. Um, also, leave a comment in there, whether it be for ideas and things of that such nature. We read that shit. And we will like to hear, you know, your opinion and voice on things, whether this be the good or the bad. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, we in the hot time of the year right now. The heat just came back. You know what I'm saying? You got to break out the shorts and, you know what I'm saying, the short sleeves and things of that such nature. Especially uh, where we are right now in the Midwest. It can get a little hot, but it's breezy, though. So that's a good thing. But um, as usual, you know, we're going to get into the show and get it popped off. You know what I'm saying? My man, you know, Sonny, you know, the past week, you know what I'm saying, was in Cali. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Getting a little uh, vacation time, vacation time, you know what I'm saying, righteously. And, uh, you know, we definitely got to get your scoop on, you know, your time over there in Cali, you know what I'm saying? I did a little time in Cali, so you know what I'm saying? We definitely got to see you know what I'm saying? How was your experience and hopefully, you know what I'm saying? It was a good experience, you know? Cali got the good and it got the bad death, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's definitely a beautiful place. Yeah, no, it was a beautiful trip, Aki. I've been telling folk that it felt like a different country while yeah. I was there somewhat, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It was unlike any place I've been in America, for sure. Yeah. Uh... You know, I really enjoyed it. The people out there was dope. The food was good. The sights was amazing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, uh, we went out there. Uh, my girl got family out there. Uh, she got two grandmas to live out there. So, uh, you know, it was not. It was nice to meet the fam and extended fam. And uh, also got a chance to go. So that was in the L.A. area. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So we was in L.A., Pasadena, right. uh, up through Hollywood. You know. Other places too Mainly just driving through Gotcha But uh Yeah we also uh, Took a, a short time And went to the Bay Area as well So I got oh. to see Sacramento Oakland Wow yeah, So it was in a You know an ex- A nice you know Nice Seven long eight trip. days Yeah You know Cali a long state So yeah. you know what I'm saying You go through a lot of regions Going from that Cause you come You going from Cali Going to Central You going north you know what I'm saying? You in Central going to the northern part, you know? Yeah, so I was able to get in the studio in the Bay Area, link up with some dope Bay Area artists, you know what I'm saying? Ah. I saw the uh, UC Berkeley campus. Where? A uh, beautiful campus, right built into a hill, you know mm. what I'm saying? I was up damn near in the mountain and came came down off the mountain, came down off of Grizzly Peaks, for those that know the area. Right. And we came down into UC Berkeley's campus. I'm like, oh, it's right here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it was dope though. Uh, definitely in the LA areas where I got a lot of the uh, the warnings or precautions from folk about the colors. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The you know I was wearing uh, that I was supposed to wear, and you know where you was gonna be at and all that. 
So uh, it was definitely interesting, you know, just being around that. Yeah. Because I never been around where the colors, you know, the colors is, is like that. Yeah. It, it, you know, yeah. and I'm not saying it's unique just to L.A., mm. you know, but it is unique in L.A. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just a part of the culture. It's like one of those things. It's like a, a Chi-Town thing. The gang culture becomes a part of the city culture. So it's like if anybody from that part or or, or that what they call South Central, you know, Pasadena, even though, you know what I'm saying, it's the same county, it's a different town. You know, they got their own police department and stuff like that. But, you know, the stuff from L.A. trickle over to them places, so sometimes it be like that. But it ain't like that everywhere, of course. You know what I'm saying? And uh, even inside all of that, there's good people over there. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm glad you got a chance to get a, a taste of, of that right there. I, I, would, I, I did like... Not not just being saturated in you know a different regional black culture, mm-hmm. but also being saturated in Mexican culture. Yeah, did you get some taco truck food? Oh come on, you know I did. I was about to say, yeah. man, you had multiple to go, times. Yeah, you had to go get up the taco trucks come now. On. Had to, bro. It's only one other place I'd have never had taco or Mexican food better than in California. Where? Arizona. I can believe it. Yeah, you know I'm saying that's the only other place, and it, I, it's just you know. You can find good Mexican spots a, a lot of places. There's some good Mexican spots here in the Midwest too. Yeah, wherever Mexican people show up at, you know, what I'm saying it's they, always they, somebody they gonna take, throw they, down. They're they gonna take, but I will say it was very good in California. Yeah. Uh, I also found In-N-Out Burger overrated. Yeah. As a lot of uh, people that live there and, and also tourists have told me beforehand. But I yeah, never. I never. You know, thought In and Out Burger was like super great. Yeah. You know, you come out better going to like Pearls or something down there and getting just like a regular hamburger made. This hand, hand smashed. You know what I'm saying? One of my favorite parts, uh, one of sites wise, was uh, Santa Monica, like the, na- the, the pier. Yeah. The beach area. Yeah. That shit was beautiful. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, um, that's the thing about that state. You got like four different, like two different, well, four to three different regions in there. You can go from desert to, you know what I'm saying, moderate, you know, tropical type weather to like elevated mountain. Then you got the beaches right there. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's definitely, man, you know what I'm saying? It's the, do you want to go back? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think if, if there was one locale, if I could choose one locale that I went to and seen myself to choose and stay at for like say a year, mm-hmm. two years, something like that, it would be right there in downtown Oakland. Uh, right there by Merritt Lake, we went to like this, uh, like right there in downtown Oakland, a spot called Merritt Lake. Yeah. The lakefront had like some, you know, dope apartments and the lakefront itself was just beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And I heard about them having some real dope like Juneteenth, like black parties down there. Mm-hmm. As well as like other like, you know, real dope cultural events. So now the question is, you was in Oakland. Yeah. Did you see the the uh the the was the homeless population the way they've been making it like because I hear Oakland has gotten bad on that too. For sure. Sort of like Skid Row in L.A. No, I de- we definitely saw pockets of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we definitely saw pockets of it. I didn't see as much as... Uh, we. I, I, there's probably more to see on, on in that 
regard You know what I'm saying That uh, yeah. we just didn't go to them spots Yeah gotcha. But I definitely saw enough of it Where I could see it was a concern For sure Gotcha Yeah Gotcha But I, I know that there's like Whole encampments And th- that type of deal Yeah You know I didn't see any Any situation like that Okay uh, While I was there Okay then That's what's up But it's, it's there though I, I ain't trying to make it seem like it. I ain't, You know It's not there I know it's there Okay then That's what's up then man That's what's up I'm glad you had a nice trip out there. Yeah, no, I, I got to get, you know, I, I got the homie walk through and, you know, the Bay Area for my homie Amari. Shout out Amari. Gotcha. Uh, my girl and her people. Oh, you, you said know. so, so, so you, you seen Amari over Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw, okay, I, I pulled up on Amari. Okay, then. That's I was, what's up. I, I was able to see, you know, the okay, prince. You, yeah, the, you was one of the homies. I, yeah, I, I got to see Mars family, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So Zen and Charlotte and everything. So I pulled up at his crib, you know, mm-hmm. uh. Yeah, it, it was a beautiful sight for, that's for sure. Man. Yeah, shout out Mar and the rest of Push Soul and everything. Yeah, that's but uh, no, I was, what I was saying, yeah, that they, he was my tour guide in the Bay Area. My girl and her family, you know, definitely led me around the LA area. Gotcha. But nah, I definitely need that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That hood walk through. So you trying you. to get a walk through? The whole hood walk through. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see everything. You know what I'm yeah. saying? While I'm there, and you know, yeah. For sure, any bigger, the bigger picture there is we got to go to go to LA, yeah, and, and go to Cali together one day. I yeah, think. gotcha, gotcha. You know that gotcha. I got, I got to see some of your old uh, watering holes and all that. Shit, all them places, man. They still there though. They still there. All the hoods are still there. You know what I'm saying? Don't know who running them now, but they still there. You know what I'm saying? But the homies are still there, and I'm glad you had that trip. We will definitely have to make that trip uh, sometime soon. Yeah, you know. But now that we out of vacation, you know what I'm saying, we got some other things to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Of course, on today's show, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we've been, um, you know what I'm saying, checking out some things and a little hot topic right now that, you know, uh, has been breezing through uh, certain spaces, uh, YouTube and, and, uh, and, and TikTok and all of that was the recent interview. That Umar Johnson, Dr. Umar Johnson, the esteemed Dr. Umar Johnson did on the uh, on the um, wrap up crew, yeah, daily wrap up crew, yeah. daily wrap up crew podcast slash YouTube, you know, show, and uh, it's garnered a lot of different opinions, um, some agreements, some disagreements. Um, of course, in certain spaces, it was mad disagreements. You know, Such in certain spaces, huh? Like the black manosphere. Like the black manosphere. Um, and, um, of course, he got kudos from the ladies. Um, and he got kudos from the brothers, too. You know, especially nationalist-leaning brothers, you know. And um, we're going to talk about it. Now, we're gonna, we're not going to talk about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two parts to it. And, of course... Uh, we jumping on the second half yeah. of it. So we we skimmed through part two, and there there is two parts that we kind of seen in part two that we want to talk about. The second being that you know that recurring topic for this podcast, something we talk about often, and it's that uh, the gender issues within our community, relationship between black men and black women, mm-hmm. and uh, you know black families within our community. Yeah. Uh, but even before that Just real quick And this is something We talked about before too Earlier on in part two What they talked about That I found really interesting Was the uh, discussion about uh, The black vote And black politics mm-hmm. And uh, just real quick 
I did like a lot a lot of what Umar Johnson said about uh, you know I, what our relationship should be with the Democratic Republican Party how we need some separation how we need some independent uh, power and he, and he stressed power and I agree with that but uh, then when it came to solutions, he quickly emphasized the need to support the building of a free African state on the African continent, mm -hmm. which I, while I feel, I feel like the emphasis should be uh, put on building more autonomy for black people here in the U.S., you know, to the, even to the extent of an independent governmental structure mm -hmm. where we can, you know, choose our where we can choose uh, elected, you know, elected officials, or or come together in whatever democratic manner we choose to yeah. to determine our political program and how we're going to pursue it yeah. on a national basis. And I think that should be the basis by which we interact with the African continent and the American government. Yeah. Of course, that that Amer our relationship with the American government is more adversarial. Our relationship with the African continent is one more based on pan-african union yeah but it should be from a place of national organization there you go. not just a place of you know pan-african bridges built by only the influencers and so-called leaders so go ahead on that first part what do you what do you think about that first part Arky? i mean well umar you know that arose from a you know a conversation that he was having with the brothers you know concerning you know um, our activity in Africa and us not having a power base that protects us like Chinese people here have China uh, Indi in India people here have India um, Pakistani people here have Pakistan and so forth and so forth whereas we don't necessarily have an entity that necessarily represents us right you know what I'm saying? And so he made the argument that we don't have that because we have not invested into um, African countries, governmental, and I don't, I can't say what level he meant on, but we have not invested into African countries, um, which I do sort of have a, a little bit of agreement, but also disagreement just on the principle that, you know what I'm saying? We uh, invested the idea you know what I'm saying um, we produced leaders who went over to the continent and tried to do that type of work and um, you know I think it's something that we probably are both on the continent and off the continent have failed at and could probably do much more so you know I definitely agree with you on that I believe black people should be trying to secure state power here in North America before we can even talk about doing any type of dealing with any other government, any other nation, including the United States of America, you need governing, you need, you need some form of government. And that just mean a governing body. Anytime a community of people as large as us has a governing body that um, deals in the affairs of government, that's a government, you know? And that's what you need. You got to have that. I mean, when Malcolm X went across seas and talked to those brothers, one of the things said, y'all got to get organized. Mm -hmm. You know, y'all need to be an organized body. Our leaders here in America, even Garvey, talked about being organized. And this was long before Malcolm. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's, uh, we've always had that aspect with us that when we organize, we form governing bodies, you know. Um, I'm definitely with that. 
you know what I'm saying us um and yeah I'm not necessarily of the opinion that Dr. Umar is opposed to that position yeah but it might just be a mistaken delivery or you yeah. know maybe even interpretation on my part but that is how I interpret it and that that is my critique of how I interpreted it I mean I think the I mean on the when I I see it in that being a play when we organize as a government or organize a governing body mm -hmm. we organize a governing body then we can sort of talk about the international actual work mm -hmm. that we trying to build and we would like to build the pan-africanism is the international stance to some extent without the governing body then we're just talking about fundraising campaigns and you know elite relationships yeah that are relying on those individuals in the that are part of those relationships with these african in, governmental political entities yeah that's no way to have some sustainable unity yeah we want institutional unity mm -hmm. between new africans here in america and the rest of the world even you know in south america I mean, black it, canadians it I goes different I mean, it goes even deeper because it's also um, business, too. You know, what major black companies exist that can do major business with African countries on the level that African countries have or do business with China? You know, or Russia, whereas you're talking infrastructure building. You're talking, you know what I'm saying, um, technology infrastructure and things of that such nature yes we have the skills but do we have an organized you know what i'm saying uh corporations that can even that's the type of that's the type of dylan's governments do with each other we sit down and we talk to nigeria and we have corporations over here and we say well we got some corp you know what i'm saying and we do we do these exchanges you know what i'm saying with um whether you want to call it old school treaties and and things of that such nature. We do business as governments. I think you're bringing up a good point just about economics and economy and how that has a role to play and a strong relationship with the culture of our community yeah. and our the internal relationships of our community. Mm. Our discussion before and while we were watching that part of the program uh, where it discussed, you know, relationship between black men and black women, one thing that we discussed, Aki, was how the disruption of black men's economic uh, viability. Yeah. Even the, the low levels we've had here in America, it's been completely disrupted by deproletarianization mm -hmm. and the destruction of the black working class over the last 50, 60 years. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, a big part of the division between black men and black women thus is Black black men can't provide black women, you know, the type of comfortability or uh, stability economically that other men can or that what is expected of men because of, you know, the particular oppression that black men face. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess to relate that back to the economics of our community, you know, this is why the conversation can't just stop at the myth of black spending power. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We still need to talk about United Black Economics. And, and I think it's, it's going to look like a combination of both privately owned black corporations that serve the interests of the community. Yeah. And also national 
nationalized corporations, yeah. nationalized yeah. businesses. Yeah. You think about when Cuba, when revolutionary Cuba came into power, they nationalized certain industries. Yeah. Why can't we have a nationalized black record industry? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That could work in conjunction with more private endeavors. Yeah. But we know culture is one of our greatest exports. Yeah. Even to ourselves, each yeah. other. Yeah. So I think there's something that could be done there. Yeah. I mean, Cuba does the same kind of thing. With think, think about the Cuban or even in some ways the American boxing. Yeah. Industry or, 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 or leagues. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking particularly about Cuba because it is... A, uniquely more of a public domain than private as it like even boxing as it is in in america yeah where cuba even seeks to protect some would say restrict their fighters from the more vampiristic you know uh boxing leagues that's why you see like oh cuban fighter you know uh they left cuba and now are coming into the pros yeah after dominating the olympics for olympic straight you know yeah. <laughs> you know because but uh, anyways I say all that just to say we, we should start thinking about economics in these nationalistic terms even at, in a transition type way even in, a, in ways that work in conjunction with private you know business endeavors because yeah. that's what we have now yeah. you know what I'm saying we don't we, we don't have a national economic infrastructure yeah. but we have some successful black entrepreneurs and black businesses yeah, yeah. how do we What's before? What we need to do is unite the two, not just complain about black people that don't understand some of the statistics about spending power. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, in that argument, you know, what I'm saying black men serve a certain role in that. Um, one of the things that happened to us here is that our our measurement of our measurement of success in industry was cut short by certain periods of time periods of um, um, directed oppression directly at us. Whether it was cutting, closing down factories, burning down towns, redlining, um, various different things kept black males out of the natural mode of industry that they were starting to travel into you know um we got black car companies back in the early days before ford was dominant but we don't have nothing we don't have none of those today we got probably smarter more intelligent more money more um the means to still do it but when you have to come into an industry now that's dominated um that's been dominated meaning that grip has been put on it now so you sort of locked out of the industry um, and they locked you out of the industry the minute they seen you starting to get into the industry. You know, these are some of the things that black males um, are going to definitely have to overcome, um, especially when you talk about in reference to how our women see us. That's that's a perfect place for me to ask you a question, Aki. Like, just for our, our listeners, kind of explain what has been the Black Manosphere's response to Dr. Umar Johnson. Because Dr. Umar Johnson's position on Black men's responsibility, despite how Black women view us, despite how popular society viewed us, it seems like maybe that is what rubbed some of the Black Manosphere the wrong mm -hmm. way. So kind of explain what all about that. 
I mean, they've. I mean, I. Most black males, even I, I, I would probably say, even if you encountered them, when they think of black community, they think of the community in a nationalist manner. Um, most of the time, even the things of negativity that black males get into. Gangs, gang banging, hustling, narcotic sales, stuff like that. A lot of that is driven by us trying to fulfill certain needs and roles as providers, protectors, and f- measurements and things of that such nature. Um, so a lot of males had that concept. They, they have a nationalist concept about doing for the community, giving back, things of that such nature. Um, and they, they agree with Umar on things concerning community, males taking lead to some extent. But then they disagree on him, on his stance with women. You know, even though Umar Johnson will call out, you know, and hold women accountable for their actions, um, they consider him to still pander to them. Um, some of them say because most of his constituency is female, you know, um, which you can sort of understand because he's dealing with trying to educate young black boys. And most of our sons and, and black boys are born in single parent homes. So he's going to be naturally dealing with the mother instead of dealing with the daddies. That's a difference. You know what I'm saying? So it, that goes back to the, the aspect in the war and attack on males from the system you know what I'm saying um sometimes in the black manosphere though they just want they want to hear the accountability call way over hearing the accountability call to us and what we're gonna do you know what I'm saying so when it come down to you know what I'm saying? It's like a, well, black men, we gotta do this, we gotta do, we gotta handle this, we gotta get back in these positions, we gotta do this, we gotta do this. And then it'd be like, yeah, but they do this. Well, I ain't even talking about what the fuck they do. I'm talking about what we supposed to be doing over here. And what the interview with me sort of showed is it is, it is a, even though those brothers didn't really disagree with Umar, you know, the clash came or in the, the, probably the only real difficulty I seen when it came when it came down to you know um, how how we view ourselves as individuals and then also thinking about ourselves as a collective. So you know one of the brothers continuously kept referring to how he conducts himself. Umar was talking about how the majority of the males, and I think that's a problem because. I think a lot more males get a lot more bullshit than what they actually are involved in. Like, like you know what I'm saying? It's not like the masses of black males are running around here being savages and doing, you know what I'm saying, the dirt or making the babies. But, you know, those two arguments clash. And you're talking about a new generation of male. You're talking about... Uh, Especially with the Zennials, these brothers were even younger than me and you, Aki. And you talking about a generation of males that was raised by mostly women, but also, you know, they were raised straight up in all of this. Like, 
all of the the the, the the extra pro-black feminist type rhetoric and things of that such nature. So they got a different response to this stuff. After they got a dose of Kevin Samuels and the Manosphere and all of this stuff coming around here, that brings a lot of different thoughts to make you think about a lot of different stuff. And, you know what I'm saying, you can see that they still want to hear that pro-black nationalist thing. They, they, they understand the need, but it's a very hard barrier to cross there because them brothers have experienced something completely different than maybe even me and you have mm-hmm. in, the, in the time period we came in. Even though we in the same time period, it's like, shoot, they got it straight. Like, you know, bad bitch, high girl summer, all the way is in, their, in the culture, the current culture for them at a very high an extreme extent. No, I, I definitely agree. We we talk about often how the the newest generations of black people are among the weakest, and I don't mean that in a derogatory, demeaning way, but just in reference to the cultural unity of our people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and on a collective basis. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, of course, and that has critical reverberations to the individual. Yeah, and how the individual moves about society. Yeah, he moves. And, he moves like an individual. Exactly. So, uh, what I really liked about that conversation was it was a good generational conversation about issues critical mm-hmm. to our community and I'm, I'm, I'm happy it occurred even if maybe both sides had some things where I would tweak you know what I'm saying I understand where both sides is coming from I do think them young brothers maybe really were over determining and overreacting to maybe what social media narratives or you know isolated experiences they had in the, in the dating market mm-hmm. uh but you know also i think umar johnson could have maybe spoken more to uh you know the accountability that black women uh need to show to especially to uh black female leaders yeah. you know what i'm saying that are misleading black women and girls mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying there we, we have a very uh, low level of positive platform speaking to our young women and young girls yeah about you know their Africanity, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and and, and our culture in, in in a way that counters this hypersexual, hyper transactional, you know, modern programming that you know our society's going on. I mean, I that's something that I disliked that I did see in there, not disliked, but threw me off for a little bit too because he con- he did constantly talk about how we left the community for the rappers and the entertainers and all of them to be the role models to the uh, black boys. Mm -hmm. But that makes you ask a question. Who's the role model to the young black girl? Mm -hmm. Are are we satisfied? And and did did we really decide that we're satisfied? Yeah, with the leaders for black women and girls. Because the reality. Or did somebody decide that for us? Yeah, because I, at one hand, and this is real, you know. And I've witnessed this in my own family. I work in a place. I'm over people, you know what I'm saying? Multiple male, females, and um, and really hundreds, because the switch off on days and all of that, and like. They, I don't, I don't see their role model, like, the role models, you know what I'm saying, are not any better. Real talk. 
um, the role models that influence black women today are not any better than the role models that black males have. Oh, right if now. we wanted to make a spicy podcast post, we could say black boys, as far as like on the social, maybe even just a social media landscape, black boys and young black men have better role models to go off of. Mm-hmm. Just because there are no, uh, I guess, like same level, like platformed conscious black women you know what I'm saying I, I'm not with the same l- height of platform yeah as like yeah. a Umar Johnson yeah same height of platform yeah as some of these people uh, like the black manosphere for instance yeah. you know what I'm saying like the black the Africana womanosphere and I'm making the distinction between the Africana womanosphere which is still devoted to the black community and the more mainstream black feminosphere which is more of the assimilated you know mm-hmm. uh, Gender ideology From mainstream White society Yeah And of course uh, I'm, These are just Distinctions Made in haste Yeah That is not ca- Capturing all of the nuance But As far as the Africana womanist That That Black Female Conscious community Still devoted To the black community mm-hmm. uh, They aren't As well platformed Not just In On black social media spaces but just within general society why society does increasingly now platform black women and 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 force feed so-called leaders to black women and girls but are they the ones that we chose and and that's the thing as a black community and people will say well black men what do you care what type of role models black women have because black men become black fathers and have black sisters and things of that such nature so we do probably want to be concerned about that type of stuff. And that is very much true, Aki. We do not have those type of models for the ladies. Um, but it comes down like I don't, I don't, you, I, I mean, and I'm not going to say that all people are one thing and, and all people tend towards something. But I just think the role models that they have are no different and no better than ours. Um, I got you. Um, and when you do think about it we do have some better role models and even sometimes with black males they try to assassinate our role models the best ones we've ever had you know for oh, 40 years damn dear it was Malcolm and Martin and, and maybe th- th- this gets into a, uh, even a, di- a different and deep conversation just about maybe black women's leadership is shown in different ways yeah. You know what I'm saying? But we are in a digital age with, you know, and these digital platforms, we know how powerful they are in our mm-hmm. society. So that's mainly where my critique laid at, my, my analysis laid at, because we can't deny black women's power within the black community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, and I don't doubt that within the black community, there is still very strong black women. Of role course. models Yes But uh, there's also Just like for black men They don't men, get the shine They don't get the shine From They don't get the shine On this all powerful Digital device Yeah You know what I'm saying That with algorithms We did not create yeah. You know what I'm saying With mm-hmm. algorithms That privilege The dopamine release Over the consciousness raising mm-hmm. That's what we're dealing with Yeah And things have spiraled Out of control You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. But uh, you know Not to even get, get off topic But you know all, all, all together, I'm happy that conversation between Umar and the brothers took place. Yeah.
Yeah. Because uh, hopefully it causes more brothers to look critically and think critically about these issues. Because mm-hmm. we're going to have to. These are not tangential issues yeah. to, you know, uh, working class revolution or whatever mm-hmm. a so-called radical, so-called Marxist might say or think about these black cultural, black family, black community discussions. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they're the ones that we really need to be having because they at the they lay at the root of our current lack of unity. Yeah. We're not we don't have a lack of unity because we lack a uh a cohesive political analysis of the problem. We are not lacking for good analyses of the problem. Yeah. We are lacking cultural unity mm. that uh you know, we're going to have to cr- uh build again through some pain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's one of the things I do agree with, you know, Umar in there. He, he talked about the collective ownership of black males and how black males have to, if we're concerned about, you know, black males, you know, we advocate um, black male studies and other forms of, you know, types of masculineness, type of um, upliftment for black males, specifically in a righteous manner. Um, we're gonna have to start doing something collective, and that's one of the things that he, where that national organizing as a national body comes in, because then you create an institution within your nation for that. Good example, Nation of Islam. If you come in and you're in the Nation of Islam, you immediately go into the Fruit of Islam. If you are a child born into the nation of Islam, you immediately go into the junior fruit of Islam. Then you come up. Every male gets that training. Every male goes through that brotherhood. So then that creates a camaraderie amongst the brothers. So that's why every time you go to a mosque, that mosque has some form of institution that does that work in the community or a designated brother who does that work in the community. That's how you do that and black males do have to get more active with organizing the young black male because a young black male with no guidance is a is a is a is a thing that can go somewhere i just looked at a tv show Aki, and i got to tell this story about elephants and when older males are not around the younger male elephants, the male ele- the younger male elephants go wild. They fighting with each other all the time. They trying to run up on all the females and hit something. They even going savage and trying to hit a rhino. Like, they got to get this off. Continuously aggressive, chasing down other animals and stuff because they big. They ain't nothing really can mess with them. You know what I'm saying? And they seen that and then they also, see, when they incorporated the older males, it calmed all that down. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it wasn't that they wasn't aggressive, but it was older males there to filter that aggression. And that's maybe what, that's the presence that black males have to reestablish in the hood because now we have young men or young boys and young men out here. It is no order. I agree. We got to take it back to the collective, you know, uh, or get the collective more involved. We need fathers 
uh, black fathers all are involved, but we understand that the systemic things holding them back from being as involved as we want them to be. Mm-hmm. So of course we got that shit going on, but uh, you know I also wanted to tell a story just about how, it, of course, it, this got to be bigger than just what happens in the family. Even though the nuclear family is important, yeah. it's also about the community. So I'll give an example from my life. I went to church at Zion Missionary Baptist Church. This is in the heart of the black community in Evansville, mm-hmm. in the heart of the projects. And every single, so I was I was a junior deacon, so kind of related to the junior fruit you were just talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was a junior deacon for the church, mm-hmm. which meant that every Sunday in the morning, all the other junior deacons, which is basically all the other young boys that attended regularly, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We would be lined up in the pastor's office to talk to the pastor, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He would address us all and talk to us all. And that happened on Sundays and on Wednesdays. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So think about having a black man that, not not your father, and not just him, but also the, the deacon board as well. Yeah. Having black men like that, that tapped into your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And into your growth, into your discipline, to your regiment. And, you know, ultimately, that's we both agreed what Umar was saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If these problems exist, independent of, of, of what black women need to be doing about the situation, we need to be institutionally addressing these black boys that's being left behind. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody else is going to do it for us. I mean, yeah. And 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 I, and I have to tell sisters this. And this is something that they do have to understand. And this. Um, there's a certain level of young black male. And, and it's wild to say this in this time. That we we when men look at him, we see non-threat. But then us being men, we know at 16 years old, I can be a threat. Because I was once 16 years old. And I was a threat. I'll stick your ass up in a minute. You know what I'm saying? I was a threat. I got to be honest. You know what I'm saying? I got friends. You know what I'm saying? We was threats. And I think a lot of um, brothers are afraid. To approach that 16, 17, 18, 19 year old um, One, they sort of give up And they give up because when you do approach him They ain't really interested You know what I'm saying By by that time he may have you know, already engaged in sex He may have already been engaging in the game He may have already been game banging You don't know You know what I'm saying um, I know this from being a person that had that come to them Refused it I know that from being a person that went to people and they refused it and you go back to them and they catch them at the right day where they willing to listen. But you may not, but you can't be a pest to them. You know, it's a certain way that you got to deal with sad, I mean, a gangster. You know what I'm saying? I knew some guys who was gangsters when they was young. It's in them. They two generations deep. It was. It's in them. And so, you know, those are different. Those are that's the difficult task that we got to take. Because a lot of men, it's not that they fear the boys, but they fear what may what what them engaging with them may come to. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and you you know you those are the nuances that you got to do. But the reality is, is you got to be out there at least trying. You know, um, 
And I will say this too, dealing with that aspect, there's a lot of resistance that comes from sisters. You know, because you just can't be some random brother. And that's the catch. You can't just be some random brother coming up to the porch talking about, yeah, I want to get you something. I'm going to take my head to the such and such. Nobody in the hood know who the hell you is. You know what I'm saying? Nobody know. You ain't got no reputation of doing this work already. You know what I'm saying? So we need to, you know. You got to be organizational. Got to be organized. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we got it. That's that's why the, the brothers got to organize. And you may have to use front faces. You may have to go get the minister who willing to get involved. The other brother that's community active that's already involved and said, listen, we need y'all to be the front of this. But we just what we trying to do, y'all, with you know what I'm saying? And we need to start organizing like that as black men. Um on a on a community level and then on a national level. You know. So um, you know, it was a good conversation, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we probably should have checked out part one, but hey. Part two had most of the meat in it. Mm-hmm. So I know part one has some of the stuff maybe about interracial dating and stuff, but anyways, that's besides the subject. Yeah, you know our stance on that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, thanks for joining us for episode eighty-one. I think uh, we covered uh, the topics well. You know, get out to Cali if you can. You know, check out the daily wrap-up cruise interview with Umar Johnson. Even though he's so taboo, I know if you on them college campuses, bring mm-hmm. Umar Johnson's name, you better beware. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, watch your goddamn back. They coming for your throat. <laughs> you talk some Umar. So uh, yeah, have a good one, y'all. We gonna catch y'all next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>